Welcome everyone to Horror Cafe, where we're serving up a cup of horror, one episode at a time. I'm Erica. And I'm Jackie. And this month, we are going into claustrophobia September. This is episode 19, as above, so below. So what are you drinking? I'm having a chocolate coffee from the Target brand with pistachio syrup, cream, delish. Damn, you went all out. Sunday. You gotta go all out Sunday morning. You? I actually made myself a homemade salted caramel mocha iced coffee. Yummy. That sounds good. It, it actually good. is. It was a good heavy dose of almond milk, and um, that's it. I'm good to go. I like it, especially since it's so hot outside. Yes, it is. We had a, what is it, a tropical depression yesterday and now it's like nothing happened yep and the entire block flooded um luckily we're up high so it didn't really affect us but a lot of people on our streets were a little bit underwater yeah yep all right florida for you folks summer in florida (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right so you want to read your plot i sure do archaeologist scarlet has devoted her whole life to finding one of history's greatest treasures flamel's philosopher's stone according to legend the artifact can grant eternal life and turn any metal into gold when she learns that the stone is hidden underground in the catacombs of paris she assembles a crew to guide and document her historic mission as they begin their descent the team members have no way of knowing that they are entering their own personal hell okay and that is a wrap because that's the entire movie all right folks see you next time bye see you next week (laughs) I have enjoyed this movie every single time I've seen it. I watched it at the theater. I enjoyed it then. I've seen it a few times after. And it's found footage, so clearly, you know, this is up my alley, as usual. But it's, at least to me, it's a different storyline. It's not the typical, oh, we're recording at home to capture a ghost and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's in a whole different setting. It's a different vibe. I like the adventure aspect, and when you look this up online, they I said it when we were watching it, right? That it's kind of like an Indiana Jones horror movie. Yeah, it is. It definitely it's is. Because it's a little bit of an adventure and mm-hmm. the riddle solving. I even added Tomb Raider. Thank you, Archie. Mm-hmm. I even added Tomb Raider in there because this is kind of Tomb Raider-ish. She even sounds like Laura Croft, at least in the video game. Um, so it has those elements because I like those kind of movies and, and games and this just added the horror part, which was mm-hmm. which was fun. You? Well, I, I'm going to tell you, the first time I watched this movie, I thought it was good, but I I wasn't blown away by it. But I'm almost certain that when I watched it, I fell asleep halfway through. Mm. So I woke up probably more towards the end, middle to end, and it was like, okay, but this is the second time I watch it, and I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed this movie beginning to end. Um, It has, and I think what I like about it is that it has a lot of depth to it, and the tie-in with Dante's Infernal, Infernal, Inferno, <laughs> and the nine levels of hell was done really well. It it could have gone really cheesy, but I thought it went well. I thought so too. And I think, and that's what I was reading about this movie. If you don't know about that, which I kind of 
know about it from high school. So it's been a long time that I've heard about this. But it does, and I didn't know, in all fairness, I didn't know about the Nicholas Flamel and the Philosopher's Stone was a real legend. I thought it was just from Harry Potter. I'm putting it out there. Okay, but I... (laughs) (laughs) What? It's true. Okay. How the hell was I supposed to know? I had never heard of that in my life. (laughs) So when they mentioned this in the movie the other night, I'm like, what? Is there a Harry Potter tie-in? Uh-huh. Well, I got to tell you that um, a couple years ago, unfortunately, the show was short-lived and I really enjoyed it. Um, Lodge 49, mm-hmm. which is with um, Kurt Russell's son. I forget his name. Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. Yeah. Your dad and I found it offbeat, hilariously weird. Mm-hmm. But there was this one guy in the show who was an alchemist. Okay. Or he wanted to be an alchemist. And he was always talking about Flamel. Oh, uh, okay. Philosopher's Stone. So I realized as the movie was going on, and I forgot to mention it, that it reminded me of this show, but okay. not on the funny side of it. But right. anyway. So yeah, this movie ties in with that whole legend, folklore, however you want to see it, of Nicholas Flamel and the Phil- Philosopher's Stone and Dante's Inferno. So it's mm-hmm. like two things combined, an alchemy. And, and, a, and ne- once I read up on... Some of this, I couldn't go too deep because Dante's Inferno is huge. Uh, yeah, it's you know, ginormous. I just briefly read it, and it's it's so in-depth, and that's what adds to the movie. It makes it more like, oh, I see what's kind mm-hmm. of going on versus not knowing anything, and you're like, this movie's a piece of shit. But even if you don't know those things, it's not. I don't think so either because I liked it back, like I said, when I watched it in the theater, and I was like, oh, this is cool anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. But I can see where people don't like it. So. And with that, let's go to movie facts. All right. So Rotten Tomatoes score. (laughs) This is the typical horror movie score. And I am actually surprised that this would be it for the critics. Because, I don't know. I'm not surprised. Critics gave it 27% and audience gave it 40. I'm not surprised. At all. <laughs> this, uh, was, okay. this was released on August 29th, 2014. It grossed over $8.3 million on opening weekend and $41.9 million total. Ooh, okay. So that still made a lot of money. They really did film this in the Paris catacombs. There's um, YouTube interviews with the cast and cast and crew. And they're actually filming those little interviews in the catacombs, but they're in sections where normal tourists can't go. Yeah. And they couldn't bring a lot of props. They couldn't, they had to use literally what was around them. And sometimes that included lighting. Mm -hmm. They had to just use the headset that they're using in the movie. Like the headlamps. Mm -hmm. Right. The headset, the headlamps. (laughs) That was their source of lighting a lot of the time. And that it was very strange to film down there because it's like, the air is different. It obviously it's very claustrophobic, <laughs> and yeah. I'm sure a little scary overall. I mean, six million dead people. Yeah, that's a lot. There's got to be something haunted down there. <laughs> I mean, hell, just the whole thing of how the catacombs were formed mm-hmm. themselves is pretty creepy in in and of itself. Like the cemeteries were overflowing. overflowing. 
and it became smelly. Oh, no shit. <laughs> and they literally just dumped people's bones down there. And it's like, eh, let's just throw them in there. That's gross. Yeah. But but then they somehow piled them neatly now? Well, I mean, I think then they went and they did <laughs> some, some DIY decorating. organizational stuff. But It's kind of gross. It, Even it, that's it, disturbing. I like, oh, let's go pile these skulls and bones in a I mean, nice pattern. <laughs> How disrespectful to those people. I know. That's why I'm saying there has to be some haunting going on in there. Like, hey, John, I see your your femur bone over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, thanks, Frank. I see your skull is over there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I went crazy on that one. That's all right. But, but yeah. <laughs> if anything's haunted in on this planet, it has to be the Paris catacombs. Hmm. I wouldn't doubt that there is some angry ghosts and you know i wouldn't doubt that there is some gate to hell there i mean that is hellish Mm -hmm. isn't it yep it is yep would you like to contribute some facts yeah sure so i found it interesting that um the directors because they are brothers john and Mm -hmm. drew i think i'm going to pronounce their name last name wrong but i'll give it a shot Mm -hmm. dowdles um they actually modeled the movie Mm -hmm. after and Indiana Jones, Laura Croft, Tomb Raiders type style movie. There you go. So to justify what you had said, that it feels like that. And that was the intention on their part. They even went on to say in one interview that a little splash of the Goonies is in there too. Oh, so okay. I thought that was pretty interesting and I thought I'd share that. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, let's go into movie observations. Let's meet our cast of characters. We have Scarlet, who is the main character, slash archaeologist, slash pushy bitch, as I'm going to call her throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. We have George, who is Scarlet's adventure buddy, um, and he was also in Mad Men as Ginsburg. Okay. <laughs> uh, Benji, he's the camera dude. Uh, Papillon, who is the catacomb explorer, Susie, I think. Is that how you pronounce yeah, that? Yeah, that's how they Susie? were saying it, Susie. Susie, Zed, they are part of Papillon's crew. Team, yeah. Like of the explorers. And we have La Top, who is a uh, long lost friend of Papillon mm-hmm. that is mysteriously in. The catacombs. Who apparently was also an explorer of the catacombs. They were um, part of that band. Yeah, yeah. And Zed, who's part of the Papillon crew, is also a camera guy. He has like a full-fledged camera that he carries throughout as well. Right. We open with Scarlet, who's in the Middle East, I believe Iran. Mm-hmm. And she is continuing her dad's epic mission of finding the Philosopher's Stone. She's in this house that has this opening literal hole in the wall and it leads into these caves tunnels not catacombs per se but just tunnels that they're gonna be demolished Mm -hmm. right and she finds what's called a rose key that's going it's it's to help her decipher something on nicholas flamel's headstone right so she's very excited she films it really quick so that she can look it over later the place starts blowing up, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can hear that they're going to start blowing up the, the, the system. Tunnels, yeah. And as she's trying to escape, she sees a hanging man. 
And then you're like, what the, as a viewer, you're like, what the fuck? Why is there a random hanging guy there? And she right. didn't see it on the way in. And then when she looks back, it's gone. Right. Is it safe to say that maybe this haunting started then? Or is it just her guilt? Um, I'm both? going to say that it could be a combination of both. This could yeah. be the beginning and it could also be a warning. I'm thinking it's the beginning or a warning, like you're opening, mm-hmm. right? Something that you don't know about. Right. And opening this rose key, opening this portal and this, and i'm not giving anything away by saying this hanging man is her father right and her father drove himself to madness in search of this stone so what if it's his message to her of look what happened to me maybe that's true with this constant searching for something and she's kind of on that path because she is obsessed at any cost yeah you know to yeah. find this thing mm-hmm. we move on to paris She's there with Benji, who is the camera guy. He's a and he's filming her, and we learn that she's very educated in archaeology and all these like things. four or five different languages. Like she 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 rattles off her her her, her CSV file. Oh right, <laughs> right. We go and meet her. Like I said, her adventure buddy, who we find out kind of later they were romantically involved with George. Mm-hmm. He's fixing a clock in Paris. And she wants his help. Right. And he is like, you can tell that he's hesitant hesitant because it looks like on their last adventure, he got stuck in jail and she left him there. In in a Turkish. In a Turkish prison. Yes. Like that's messed up. So, this, so I hate Scarlet right off the bat because you can tell <laughs> she's one of those really pushy people. It's all about her. And even that story just shows like, wow, you left. Somebody in jail. And not even... You left them in a foreign jail. Mm-hmm. Like, what is wrong with you? Yep. I do not like her. I'm saying it right now. I do not like her. She irritated me the whole fucking movie with her shit. <laughs> Ooh, such anger. Because it's annoying. Like, you're putting... I mean, honestly, the result of everything in this movie is her fault. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> I'll rant about it later. But the thing is that once she finds George, somehow she convinces him right. to go into a museum where they remove this... Rosetta Stone type thing from a mm-hmm. wall in a museum. Which is Flamel's headstone. Right. To decipher mm-hmm. exactly where the location of the tomb is or whatever under the ground. And what they find out is that it's halfway, the location is halfway between Earth as it relates to heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. There's a whole wealth of mathematical blah, blah, blah that George goes into. And I am not about to get into that. Watch the movie. Exactly. (laughs) And basically, they figure that it's in the catacombs Mm -hmm. of Paris. Yeah. My thing is, and you actually, you made this excellent point. Mm -hmm. They... So they were in this museum from what it seems like maybe after hours they were let in by a hookup. Mm Mm-hmm. From George. Right. But they, I mean, this bitch, she just takes the headstone right off the display with no consideration for for the artifact. Exactly. I mean, I understand that what you're doing is for the history of it, but like, what the fuck? Who do you think you are? (laughs) You know? And they didn't get caught. Like, it didn't bring an alarm. I would think every, well, maybe it's not all. Well, no, maybe the hookup, you know, disarmed it or something. 
Because now that you said that, I realized that he did have a hookup. Because yeah. when that was happening, it's like, how are the alarms not going off? But I did not, honestly, till this moment, realize that George had facilitated but that. But I don't think so. Because George was like, what are you doing? Why are you taking that? Like, he's well, freaking out that she's taking it off. So I don't think... I, I, I don't think he up. wanted her to do that. It was like, what the fuck? How are you taking that down from a wall? Right. So my thing is, I don't think he was expecting that. I think the hookup was to get close to it. Right. Not, not to... Not take it off. Yeah. And then but, set it on fire on the backside right, of it. Right, to decipher. I mean, she was right, but it's but just like she's very... Ugh. Disregarding of everything yeah. except her own goals and mission. Right, which is very irritating. Yeah. Anyway, so that that's how they find out where they need to where they need to go. But of course, where they need to go is off limits from the tour of the catacombs. Right. But so they went on a little mini tour first. Mm-hmm together it looks pretty cool in there it does look pretty cool that's definitely a bucket list item to see in the future yes um horror bucket list exactly um so they're in there and they're exploring the place and they're on a tour and all of a sudden this random guy Mm -hmm. shows up and he's just sitting there he looks like he's writing in a notebook or something Mm -hmm. and um it's like he overhears them talking about wanting to go to the off-limit right and he tells them hey look for Papillon. Mm-hmm. I really like that name, Papillon. Papillon. Okay. <laughs> there uh-huh. was a movie, by the way, by the name of Papillon. It's all based in, in France. From back in the 70s. Anyway, sorry, trivia there. Okay. They decide to go hunt for Papillon. But what was creepy was this guy recommended Papillon, but when they turned back... He was gone. He was gone. And they're like, okay... And And later, we'll find out who this random guy is. Yeah. So they go meet Papillon at this super loud club. Mm -hmm. As they're going into the club, though, you are in the view of Benji, because he's the main camera guy for Mm -hmm. now. And this strange woman comes out dressed in white Mm -hmm. and heavy makeup and very creepy looking. Very pale, long hair. Yeah, just at Benji directly. Yeah, and she leaves but keeps staring at him. And then later when he's in the club, she passes by the window. But then she disappears Mm -hmm. because you look at another window and she's not there. And that's the only path to take. So things are already starting to happen. They are. I'm getting goosebumps. And this is all Scarlett's fault. Anyway, (laughs) so she explains to Papillon and he's like there's nothing there I know the catacombs but she's the point is yet again she convinces Papillon and his crew to take her and her crew to the catacombs off limits area and they do they go through an old well we don't know if it's abandoned but they go through a railway system and there's like a random hole in mm-hmm. there to get into the catacombs from a different view. It's yep. all graffiti, all this cool art. But even if you look at the art above the hole, it looks like hellish. Yes. Like the graffiti there. It looks like something evil. Mm-hmm. George doesn't want to go. He is like, I came to this point. I am not going in there. Yeah, because he made it clear from the beginning he was not going to be involved right. in that truck underneath. Right. And what we find out at that point is that his brother had drowned and in a cave. In a cave. And I think that in itself is what was giving him that hell no, I'm not going down there. Right. But the police show up very dramatically, too. I thought it was very like uh, aggressive, but it seems like Papillon has been escaping the police. 
For quite some time. And they seem to know him because when they do escape the police, but this is how George gets involved mm -hmm. because he has no choice but to just follow them or get caught by the police and go to jail again. Exactly. Yet in again. Paris. <laughs> so, but Papillon says, you know, the police will never catch Papillon. Obviously, he has been through this before. Yes. When they go inside, you see Papillon tagging in there with his tag called Pap. This mm -hmm. is important for later. Yes. And they, they're there. And now poor George is stuck with them. Yeah. Against his wishes. And so the trek begins. Their first encounter is already, to me, a huge warning. It's, it's, a, it's a flag. It says, turn the hell around and get the hell out of here. The only thing is that Papillon was like, oh, you know, this just there's always somebody down here and there's always something going on. Mm -hmm. Which... He has a point I can see because it's secluded, right? So it's your... Yeah. Well, and it is true from what I read mm -hmm. um, on in some article, a lot of artists actually go down there to sing and to play instruments because of the way the music or sound resonates within these caves down there. But there's something off-putting about this situation. Yes. Right? It's a group of women. Mm -hmm. They're all like... in in white paint or chalk or something and they have red it it looks like a uh an eye mask mm -hmm. but it's painted on as well red right. around their eyes and they're all singing in this creepy ass choir yes chanting it's some kind of wiccan type ritual yeah, it seems for like a sure coven. yeah yeah and who's at the head of the coven that chick that was staring down benji mm -hmm. at the club and she does it again yes she does so let's let's play that creepy music because uh, I know it tripped you out, and I think that's to. yes, we do. There is always some weird people down here. Not you. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that that's just creepy. Why didn't Benji say anything? I don't think anybody would have believed him. By but why wouldn't you say? Listen, guys, I I've already seen this chick twice i think that we are being very rational because we're on the outside it's kind of like when people watch sports and they're there armchair sports people and they're they're like well why didn't you make that basket or why didn't you make that home run or whatever it's easy to criticize from this side when you're and you're not in it okay. exactly i think it's fair literally enough. that is what it is all right that's fair they start their trek into the catacombs mm-hmm as they're starting to crawl, walk, crawl, they get a whole area that collapses. Mm -hmm. I would die <laughs> if that, I mean, I mean, I just wouldn't be in this situation yet again. Like, not like that. I would do the regular tour, mm -hmm. but I would not be doing this off, off the grid <laughs> tour. I don't care how much of an expert you are. Like, there is always that risk. I mean, he did say that yeah. at the beginning, too. Like, you, it's very dangerous down there. We... There, there's, it's, the air is different and things could be collapsing. Like, that's scary. Yeah. Now what? What yeah. if you are trapped? You're going to die. The thing <laughs> is that in that trek, they, they come across in the cavern mm -hmm. two different paths. Yes, after this collapses. After yes. this. Mm -hmm. And there's one that's kind of sealed off and then to the other side, to the left, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a small hole that they need to crawl through yeah. that's filled with bones yeah and pap tells him we can't go through here 
And Scarlet is saying, well, this would be faster. My map shows that this other route... The sealed get, off one. The sealed off route. It would be faster. He goes, that's a bad way. We can't take it there. That's dangerous. Yeah, Papillon is against going through the sealed way because he says everybody who goes through there does not come out. One of the examples is his friend, mm-hmm. Latope. Yes. Apparently he went through there and he has been missing. And he's never come back. And he's never come back. Yeah. And Papillon is, you know, he. I really, I actually really like him because he knows his shit. Mm-hmm. But here comes this bitch questioning and pushing everything. But he's adamant about it. And, I mean, at least she did listen and they do go... Through the bones. Through the bones. And poor Benji has, like, this horrible panic attack mm-hmm. during the... Trying to get well, through the bones. he gets stuck. And he gets stuck. Right. But then he, pa- you know, and the whole panicking ensues that, yeah. you know, he can't get out. Mm-hmm. They do. But somehow, they still end up back at that... Spot. Spot. Where they had to decide left mm-hmm. or right. And they have to end up going through the sealed tunnel. So they break that apart. And I would say that this is the first layer of hell. The first level of hell. This yes. is the beginning. This is the beginning. Yeah. And here we meet Latope. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing that I have to question... like. For the purposes of reality, right? We don't know how long Latope has been gone. Yeah. But even if it's five days, why aren't his friends like panicking? Because yeah. how would he still be alive? Well, I, I actually think they alluded at one point that it was over a year. Then there's no they way should he, be concerned that he's still there. That he's still there like that. <laughs> right. They follow him because he's like, oh, I'll show you the way out. Mm-hmm. They follow him. And one of them does mention, how did he get? So they start following him, right? And they turn like this corner. And all of a sudden, Latope is all the way down the, the tunnel. tunnel. Mm-hmm. And one of them says, how did he get there so fast? I mean, he's like teleporting. Yeah, teleporting. Yeah, he's exactly. like teleporting. So when I read this. Like, this is considered the first layer of hell because it's limbo, Mm -hmm. right? Limbo, you're kind of stuck. And that's where it seems like Latope is stuck. And this is also, it's important to say that this is where their souls are now being judged. That's the beginning of the judgment. Yeah. um, Where they all have some kind of major event that -hmm. they're going to need to rectify or somehow... Figure out for themselves in order to get through this. Yeah. They don't realize this, but that is if you... if And I started reading part of the Dante's Inferno, mm-hmm. and yes, it's very long. Very. It's very interesting. It kind of side by side, and I have it opened up as well, and I'm looking at it right now. And it's basically when you enter, that's what it is for. is to judgment. Judgment. Yeah. And this is where it all goes to hell. <laughs> we Literally. hear and we start... Hearing and seeing right different off the things. Bat. Yep, a phone is ringing. How is there a phone ringing down there? Mm-hmm. Because Papillon had said previously there is no cell reception. Right, and I, I mean, it's understandable why. And it's not even a cell phone ringing. It's an old school phone. landline, yeah. old phone. We finally find the phone, and it's funny that Scarlet is the one that really reacted to the phone ringing. She's the one who was running out of, like a bat out of hell to find the phone. Mm-hmm. She picks it up and it's a man saying, why, why don't you want to talk to me or something along those lines? And right. it's a, 
sounds like crackled and her reaction is like, okay, you know who this is. She knew who it was. She knew who it was. Yeah. She was terrified. Then George finds a piano and he's saying, oh, this looks like the piano that my brother and I used to play on. And we only knew one song. And the A4 key, I believe, is the one he said was always off tune. He plays the tune and when he gets to the A4... Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. It's it's messed up. And, and so, of course, everybody's he just, like... And he's... The look on his face is yeah. like, oh shit. what the hell? So these are everybody's judgments, right? Mm-hmm. The guilt and facing the guilt and whatever their their issues are, right. basically. So they're following Latope. And when they get to this little section... He does tell them the only way out is to go further down. Mm-hmm. So it's the irony of that. It's like, what is... And they keep saying that we have to keep going down. Yeah. And that's when you do realize, if you know about it or when you look it up, that it is the inferno. Because mm-hmm. you just have to keep going down the layers of hell. Right. And they do. And they do find a tomb. <laughs> and we can assume that the guy... On the tomb is Nicholas Flamel. We don't really know because he looks like a knight. Well, I mean, he had like those old school knight costumes. Yeah, yeah, that's what they used to wear back then. You think? I mean, that's what I'm. I mean, that's what he looked like (laughs) to me. But the weird thing is, is that he looks intact. Yes, he's like nothing has happened to him. And I they do point it out cuz at first I'm like they're not going to point it out that this guy's not a skeleton. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, maybe it's the air or lack of air and that's why he's preserved them like for hundreds of years." Yeah. That still doesn't make sense, guys. Yeah. You should yeah. be like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. And they keep going further down. They find like a little puddle kind of thing, a mm-hmm. little water well and they swim well, Scarlet swims through it because, of course, I'll go. I'm going to go. Through and under it. No? Through and under. But the thing is, like, this is so dangerous, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't know what's on the other side of this. How long can you hold your breath for? Yeah. How cold is that water? Yeah, I'm sure that it's water It's got to be freezing. really cold. So she yeah. swims out. And what does she find? A room full of treasure. Mm-hmm. Find out what happens in the room of treasure when we come back. excited about finding this treasure but what it is it's a trap scarlet finds the philosopher's stone she Mm -hmm. takes it out and the other crew is trying to get to the treasure and the room collapses yeah because their greed this is another level of hell in my in my opinion because this is i think level three greed they're Mm -hmm. like going crazy with this treasure they they meaning um papillon's team because that's what they went for right they agreed the to go for half of the treasure. Right. And they're like, oh, wow, look at all this stuff. And yeah, not a good idea. Nope. We lose, we seemingly lose Latope at the moment with the rubble. Susie um, hurts her arm pretty bad in that rubble. But we <laughs> discover that Scarlet heals it with the Philosopher's Stone by yeah. like kind of like scraping, gra- scraping it. And she heals her completely. Yeah. Which was like, oh, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. They find this symbol on the wall that describes as above, so below. Right. So what it means, whatever it's the same on top should be the same 
At the bottom, right. basically, is what I understand it to And be. our superhero, Scarlet, here, <laughs> Whatever. realizes that, oh, look, so as above, so below, here's a puddle of water. There must be an opening here. And she, like, breaks the, the floor. There's the other door. They mm-hmm. swim through it. And now they, it's hard to explain. They keep, it's like the opposite. Right. It's the same room, but the opposite right. now. But before they go through that tunnel <laughs> mm-hmm. in in the floor, there is a, a, a phrase that's marked that says, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Yes, that they find this after they go through that door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, and this is in Dante's Inferno. I did read about that. I yeah. mean, it's more towards the beginning, but mm-hmm. now they're, you know, like now you can really be 100% sure that they are in yeah, they're they're completely upside down. Everything that is literally as above, so below, right, is reflected back. The room that they were in before is now the same room, but everything's in reverse, including that round. Um, I don't know what that was symbol. Type the symbol, thing. right? Um, that's even upside. Everything's upside down mm-hmm. completely. But Latope is waiting, and he kills Susie in a violent head banging way. Yeah, like he smashes her skull into the... Yeah. Yeah. They go... They're going deeper into hell. We're going to just say what it is now. They're going deeper into hell. They find this well (laughs) that they're going to... What do you call it? Spelunk? (laughs) Down? Repel? Yeah. I I find it amazing that they brought all this equipment with them. But they lost their bags in that rubble, so how did they still have equipment with them? Usually they would carry it on them. Well. Usually. Well, because Papillon is an expert. Right. But did he, well, I guess you have to assume if you're going into these catacombs, you may need it. So Mm. I I guess I can see why they Okay. Let We digress. Anyway. They're rappelling down. Everybody makes it down except Benji. Mm Mm-hmm. Because now he's, you can tell he's the the scaredy cat of the group, a.k.a. me. (laughs) Right? You see him struggling to come down because he's scared. And, of course, this woman shows up again. from the club and then from the... Choir. Shows up. Coven. Shows up behind him. He doesn't even notice her, but Mm -hmm. she walks behind him, which is very weird. You as a viewer is like, oh, yeah. Now you know for sure she's not real. Because initially, maybe, maybe she was real. And this is where we get a glimpse of what Benji's... Guilt? Guilt is. Because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, this woman pops up in your face, showing a baby baby at him. Yeah. And we don't know any more than that. Because he falls to his death. Yes. (laughs) Poor Poor Benji. Benji. I mean, badly down that hole. Yeah. Horrible. So, we lose Benji. We keep walking through the depths of hell, and now we find Papillon's guilt. Mm Mm-hmm. We come up, we, as they're turning a corner, they see this bright light. It's like, oh, great. Why? Like a fire. Like a fire. Why is there light down here? Mm-hmm. Right. And they're all hesitant to go towards it. Did you notice that? Yeah. They're all standing like, but, mm-hmm. but Papillon seems even more reluctant. I felt like he was holding, he knew, but he didn't know. And he was afraid of what was around the corner because I actually do feel that he realizes what's happening. Oh, I didn't get that sense. I don't know. I think he did. Or maybe it's just me adding to it. Anyway. Anyway. They walk towards it. Mm -hmm. And what do they find? A burning car. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, on fire. And there is a guy sitting inside the car. Mm -hmm. And who is that guy? 
the guy who recommended Papillon mm -hmm. at the beginning of the tour. I guess it is safe to assume that this guy was burning in a fire in a car and Papillon didn't do anything. Because right. even as he's faced with this, he doesn't own up to it. He says it's not his fault. Right. And instead of owning up to it, because I, from what we gather later, if you own up to it, right, you face your judgment, right, you are released from mm -hmm. hell. Mm -hmm. But he gets sucked into hell, like literally, gets sucked into hell. Right, like the car just implodes into itself mm -hmm. and just disappears into the ground, and only his legs are left sticking out, which apparently is also in Inferno. Yes, it is. There's a it is a part where the legs are yep. sticking out. Yeah. So we lose Papillon. We are left with now Scarlet, George, and Zed, who move on into more <laughs> depths of hell. And now they come across this weird looking, I'm going to call it a, a medieval looking chair mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And there's a creepy ass hooded figure and hooded like that the the hood is very it's pointed it's all black cloak and his face is like pasty white yeah and he just sits at this chair mhm mm but as they're going around to avoid it they're going around this like rock formation with faces on it and they come to life yes and they take a nice chunk out of George's neck yeah and he starts bleeding he's on the ground mm -hmm. They're all around him, and um, superhero Scarlet here said, mm -hmm. oh, she tries to use the stone, realizes that now it doesn't work. Right. And that she has to return it. Right. And looking up more of this folklore with the Philosopher's Stone, apparently that one that she took is not, it's not the real one. She realizes that it's not the actual stone. Mm -hmm. And this one only works one time, which was when they healed Susie. Yeah. She leaves George with Zed. And goes all the way back up. By herself. Mm -hmm. And quickly. I will say that that's very brave because I don't think, I, I don't know. I just, that's really scary to go back and do that. And she does. She puts the stone back. She looks at her own reflection in some like mirror thing on this big elaborate painting mm -hmm. on the wall. It almost looks Egyptian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. I think it is Egyptian. Mm-hmm. From what I'm gathering by the end of the movie, it's that there is no physical stone. It's the power within you. Because she goes back and heals George with just her hand. Right. So well, is it believing in it that makes it yeah. real? Yes, I think it's part of the belief hmm. and faith in God and all that other stuff. All that spiritual stuff. What it is is that Scarlet has now found faith and she has taken on the powers of the stone herself mm. there is as you said no real stone but having the faith in yourself and in the power of god to heal so that's what that part was at least that's how i took it yeah as she is returning to george to heal george she runs into the dad her papa her hanging dad and she confesses her guilt of which is you know, that she didn't pick up the phone that the night. night that yes. he died. Well, he didn't die. He hung or himself. Or hung himself. And that she didn't realize that he was in so much pain. Mm -hmm. And she basically admits to it. He disappears. And you get the sense like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do down here. Right. That you're supposed to face the judgment and 
atone for your sin, basically. Mm -hmm. And like I said, she heals George. And now it's just the three of them having to figure out a way to get out of here. And now they're being chased by these stone, well, I mean, they're not stone anymore, but like the, I'm calling them the stone demons. Right. And the hooded figure we can now presume is probably the devil himself. Satan. Because they're at the bottom of hell. They are, they have reached the The bottom bottom of hell. They find another well. Scarlet is saying, you have to face it. You have to basically admit why we're here and then we'll we'll be fine. Right. This is where George admits that basically his brother was pinned mm-hmm. and he had to go get help. Right. But didn't get back in time. So his brother died drowning right. Right. In, in there. But I mean, honestly, of all the people here... I don't, had, he didn't do anything wrong. I don't think, I think that's <clears throat> unfair. I do Because too. he, he's a kid. What, how was he going to help his brother without somebody coming to help? That right. one I thought was kind of shitty. Yeah. For him. Because I'm like, you didn't do anything wrong. You're a child. Right. Whereas Scarlet ignored her dad's call. Right. Decided not to answer his call. Right. Unless it's not even, Unless this is based on many things. Maybe it's not just the actual act, but it's the guilt itself. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just George's guilt. It's what's eating him alive because he feels like he was responsible even though he's not. And part of his thing is to let go of that guilt, which he's not responsible for. Right. Maybe that's playing into it. And then Zed says that he has a child that he Mm -hmm. has never known, that he denies it even though he knows it is his child. Right. And, of course, Scarlet confesses her sin. The thing is that they have to jump down mm-hmm. this open hole well yeah, right. without any of their spelunking equipment, anything. They just have to jump. Right. And they hold hands and they all jump. And so, they, basically, yeah. that's kind of like a leap, a leap of, of faith, faith that yeah. they are doing the right thing, that they will make it. Yeah. So, yeah. They jump. They fall for... A bit. Yep. And they survive. And what do they find? A hole in the ground. And they're trying to, like, open it. They're trying to pull it up. But they can't. Why? Because they are upside down. Right. They realize it's a manhole. Mm-hmm. And they push it. And they come out, like, upside down. Right. Right? And then, then now they're right side up on the streets of Paris. Right. And they have survived. But it's funny how that particular scene I thought was pretty cool because at first I thought the man, I didn't remember this part. Mm-hmm. I thought the manhole cover might be in the middle of the street of mm-hmm. a road. And, Me too. Me too. Uh, because sometimes they are. Yeah. But this was on the sidewalk. But I'm like, who's going to be the first one to stick their head out? Because I sure as hell am not. I know, right? <laughs> and, and I think Benji even still had his, not Benji, sorry. Um, Zed still had his camera mm. with him, that big thing, I think. I was like, if I had it, I would stick that yeah, out. Yeah, you did see. say that. You said um, that. But no, they come out on a sidewalk. And then when they, they realize that they have to push it up, mm-hmm. not towards them. Right. It's like, oh, wow. And then you said something funny. There were some people that were sitting further down oh, the yeah. sidewalk. And they're just looking at him like, hey. Yeah. Zed walks off on his own, doesn't say anything. No, he just walks away. He just walks away. I think he's just like, you know what? I've had it. Um, it's been nice knowing you. I survived. Goodbye. (laughs) Scarlet and George hug and that's it. And that's how the movie ends. And that's how the movie ends. 
Initially, too, when I watched this again, I did find her being able to heal George kind of cheesy, mm -hmm. but that's because I didn't know the history behind it. Of the stone it. itself? This movie takes more research, mm -hmm. and there's a lot more meaning to it than meets the eye, mm -hmm. and I think that's what made the movie more enjoyable. Like, I would, I just wish everything wasn't a rental because I would literally go watch this movie again right now. Yeah. Now having this information. And mm -hmm. I would even be as bold as to read Inferno. I've never read it. And then even watch it after that because mm -hmm. it's interesting. They took something very interesting from the past mm -hmm. and made it into, I think, a good horror movie. Yeah. I think this is one of those that's very, like, just glanced over mm -hmm. and i don't think it's fair i think it's actually a pretty decent movie yeah um combining the whole i guess raiders of the lost ark feel to it because there's even a part at the very beginning oh, yeah where that stone moves forward sideways that's part of raiders and the brothers the director brothers did say that they really wanted to incorporate that in there as well. Yeah. So kudos to them for taking that on and doing it. And it's funny that they do admit that because I said it the minute the movie ended. Yeah. So I got I got it. Yeah. I got the the intention came across. Yeah. yeah. And it worked. The only thing is that the lead character was just But I think that's the point. I think she the, did she's well. She's full of bravado because that's yeah. the intention. I, I can see that, yeah. And that was gonna be my next point. I thought the acting was very good because you you hated. I think you were meant to maybe dislike her because she's so impulsive, like, and impulsive, and she got these people into this mess yes. because of her impulsiveness and her madness, right, quote unquote, right. into obsession of this. Yeah. Um. She I literally think, has blinders on. Yeah. She has tunnel vision for her and only her. Right. All right, well, let's get into the category so we can keep expanding on how we feel about these things. <laughs> let's start with sound and movie. I'll oh, let you man. take it away because even though this is found footage, there is a lot of sounds going on in the movie, things mm -hmm. that you have actually pointed out that I didn't realize. And it's there's good creep factor in the sound of this movie. Yeah, there is. Um, the I actually like the ending sound. Um, track that they played at the closing of the movie. The French song? Yes. I thought it was fantastic. I found it and mm -hmm. I just want to hear it over again because part of this was also kind of weaved into the actual movie itself too. Mm -hmm. And what I found out from the from one, one of the videos that I watched from the directors is that yes, they realized that in found footage you do not have music. Right. But what they did is that they incorporated that choir sound throughout mm -hmm. and made it creepy and spooky because it kept echoing throughout. You don't mm. really per se realize, realize it. that it's there, but it is there. Mm. And on top of that, they said that they took all turns like screaming and yelling inside of the, of the, of the um, caverns. And then they went in and they distorted it. And sometimes Ugh. every so often you would hear like a shriek or something. Mm -hmm. And that's what that was. Oh, cool. So, yes, there's no music, but mm -hmm. there is a lot of creepy sound in this movie, which I thought was great. The actual movie score suite, you can listen to it on um, YouTube if you want to. If you just Google on no, YouTube. I'm good. <laughs> As Above, So Below Movie Score Suite. Mm -hmm. And we'll take a listen to that. But first, let's listen to that ending um, score at the end of the movie, because I really enjoyed it. I actually want to kind of download it somewhere if I can find it and, or get it or buy it or whatever. 
I love the that how that starts off, and there's something about it mm-hmm. that when I was hearing it, immediately reminded me of Twenty Eight Days Later. I'm gonna have to go back and mm-hmm. research it and listen to it, but there's something about the beat to it that reminds me of that movie too. And I, I loved it. I I, I want to see if I can find this and, and obtain it because I like it. I actually like the singing in it. I don't know what the hell it says because it's in French. Um, but fine. it sounds really cool. I like it. It actually reminds me of um, like a Dracula, like a creepy castle. I can see thing. that. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah like that. a creepy castle over there, though. Like it has a European mm-hmm. something going on. Yeah. And what else do you have in store for us for sound? I'm a little <laughs> so, scared now. So I mentioned that score suite that I found. Yeah. And again, it's called As Above, So Below Movie Score Suite. And this is the sound that you hear throughout the movie. Okay. And it's very creepy. I know you're going to creep out on it, but I-, I think it's amazing. While editing, I'm sure I will creep out. <laughs> So, do you remember some of that now? I do. It has, I know I always say this, and it's maybe because we always see it, we're talking about it after, but it's amazing how music can relate so well to what you're watching. It just gives me a hellish claustrophobia cave feel. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's just influenced because we already watched it, but it just connects. I think that that's, uh, uh, that's I mean, clearly done intentionally. Yeah. The people who compose all this music, I mean, Jaws wasn't just a coincidence. Right. They're right. all made to bring you in and to remind you yeah. of a certain part or something or add that. Ambiance? Yes. Well. And to get you on edge. It works. Yeah, I kind of vaguely. You realize now yeah. it's very subtle and you don't really mm-hmm. realize it until after. Yeah. Because I, I realized during the movie there is sound. For some right. reason that stood out, but not music, because that would not make sense on video cameras. But if there's yeah. sounds going on right. that are caused by whatever is going on in there, it actually sounds like hell. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It so. has a dread yeah. to it. All right, so I know we've mashed this to death, but it's one of my favorite things in movies. Let's go on to best scene. I see you put, this is hard. That's all you wrote. (laughs) It is. I I don't know. It's just, and the more I talk about the movie, you know, when we talked about it now for the episode, I just really enjoy this movie as a whole. It's Mm -hmm. hard for me to pick a particular scene that really, the, the part with George at the piano really got me because it made you realize even though you knew it was coming you knew mm. it was going to be that piano from his past yeah it's just the anxiety of why is there a piano down here mm-hmm. that's who i don't know who said it i don't know if it was george like how did a piano get here and everybody's like oh maybe it's from a house that collapsed right back in day it like, would have been no, destroyed it yeah. would have exactly would have fallen to its own death mm-hmm. you know and a pile of piano yeah i agree um, and the phone ringing like it's just it's it's not even a scene. It's just like the the creep factor of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. You? Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you that there are too many good individual scenes. But for mm-hmm. me, the two that stood out the most mm-hmm. was the one that you mentioned. The one was oh, George. Oh, look at that. I didn't even see that there. Cool. The one was George and the piano. Mm-hmm. But at the end, when the three survivors get to the end and they realize, and the audience realizes, mm. 
that they are completely upside down. Yeah, that is good. Because I remember seeing it in the first time going, oh, that's why they kept going down. Because at some point they are going upside up. down. Right. Yeah. Right. And I also like how the um, the directors the visually eff created that effect. Because yeah. it's kind of turning but not. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're upside down and you're right side up. Yeah. And I thought visually that mm -hmm. really impacted me. So those are the two that stood out even yeah. more. I think that they were all good. So that's why it makes it hard yeah. to to figure out which one is the best one. It's hard. Yeah. But yeah, I have to agree with both choices. Yeah. <laughs> what about best character? I think we agree on the same one. Um, George. Because George. I felt he was the one with no real sin. His guilt was that he didn't make it on time. But, I mean, rationally, he didn't cause his brother's death. But he has to wrestle and overcome that guilt. And I just felt that he was, like, I don't know. I liked him a lot. Me I, too. I, I, I liked him. I just felt he was the, out of everyone there, I thought he was the gentle person. Mm -hmm. He was the actual kind person versus everyone else. Yeah. And, yes, he had the lead. We talked about it. He he was a child. Yeah. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. We agree on, on George. And I think we both agree on the best unlikable character. Would you like to go on and say who that is? <clears throat> Scarlet. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned this when we were watching it. She kept apologizing to everybody when things were going wrong, but it never felt sincere. It wasn't completely insincere. She yeah. didn't care. Nope. She apologized because she knew it was the thing to say, but yeah. she did not mean it. She wanted what she wanted. Yep. And look what happened. Other At people died. Expense, yeah. yeah. And she just, ugh, she wanted it her way. Yeah. Or the highway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. And what character would you be in the movie? I chose that you would be Papillon. Here's why. Okay. But I think you would be the smart adventurer mm -hmm. if you were an adventurer. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you would... Like, he knew his limit. Like, yes, he knows how to get to the off-limit section, but he knew not to go down that tunnel. Mm -hmm. He had all his gear. He warned everybody about being smart down there and, and all of that. <laughs> that sounds like me. Be prepared. Take everything you need. Right. Because you never know. Because you never know. So I think you would be that knowledgeable guide. I can see that, yeah. And warning everybody, like, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not smart. It's not safe. Yeah. Of course, they still had to do it, but it's because... The hell made them do it. The minute mm -hmm. they walked in, they were fucked. Yeah, they, that's for sure. Yeah. So For you, I actually picked um, Benji or George because mm -hmm. they both had elements of their personalities mm -hmm. that reflect you. Yeah. Like, George said, it. I'm not going down there. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. But then he got wrestled into doing it. Right. And then Benji was like, Scared. Hell no. Yeah. I'm terrified. Yeah. So it you had a little bit of both of them. Yep. I know. I agree. <laughs> I think more Benji than George because I, I would be the scared one and I would probably die. I probably would die. Does it hold up? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I see here you actually liked it more this time. So it holds up more for you. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I think when we took our break. I might consider buying this. I really enjoyed it and mm -hmm. want to watch it again, but I want to read 
Dante's Inferno from beginning to end. Inferno? Inferno. Inferno. I keep saying Infernal. Inferno. From beginning to end and kind of like go along with it. Just because I'm very curious. Now I'm curious too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then our seven rules on how to survive a horror movie. I'll start off. Go for it. Number one, don't say hello or who's there. Rule number two, turn on the lights. Rule number three, don't split up. Rule number four, don't go upstairs, basement, or attic. Or the catacombs. <laughs> Rule number five, why are you going in there if it says don't enter? Rule number six, make sure the bad guy is dead. And rule number seven, boy, I can't speak today. Rule number seven, no Ouija board or seance. So I have, why are you going in there? Into right? the catacombs, a.k.a. hell. Mm-hmm. And they did split up. I I just realized it now um, when Scarlet went off. Yep, they split own. up. They mm-hmm. split up. Yep. And finally, Scream Award. How many times does Erica scream in a movie? Mm-hmm. Ah! I was quite jumpy. You definitely were. I put four out of five. I, I thought you were five out of five, but I... <laughs> you could be right. You're the one analyzing it, so... Yeah, you were like crazy. We rented this movie on Amazon. You can also rent it on Apple TV, YouTube, Redbox, and Vudu. All right, and that's our intro into Claustrophobia September. As above, so below. Thank you for joining us today at Horror Cafe. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook with our handle at Horror Cafe Podcast. And we also have a website, horrorcafepodcast.com. Please comment, like, subscribe, send us emails. We'd love to hear from you. We love feedback and fan mail. I get really excited when I get an email from our followers. And please send us emails because we really read them and we do reply. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll really help us out. You can leave the star review. And if you can leave a comment, that would be great too. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. And until next time... Stay spooky. Bye, everyone. Bye.